Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Ryan. Three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Rocktail Hour is affiliated with Amazon.com. If you're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyway, we'd appreciate it if you'd first click on the Amazon link on the Rocktail Hour homepage or affiliates page, and Amazon will kick a few bucks back to us to help fund the free podcast. Today, Ryan is going to bring us the story behind Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Thanks, Drake. Both of you reacted the same way when I told you I was going to talk about this song. You know, Tim and, and Treg, both of you were like, You're, are you really going to do Survivor? <laughs> and Tim's like, I have the tiger, really? But even Tim admitted that this song is an amazing song. And share with me, if you would, what you said about when this song comes on the radio. Well, I certainly didn't admit that it was an amazing song. <laughs> but what I, I said, said it was, I said it was a okay, great well, song. I liked okay. it. What <laughs> I said was, it's a catchy song. And even though I reach up to turn the station when it comes on the radio, I always pull my hand up you back just... and end up singing along with it. So <laughs> you I, just can't resist. I will say, I'm not saying it's an amazing song, but it's it's a catchy song. Yeah, it is, and that's one of the secrets of a th of its success. Actually, mm -hmm. I think. Is it simplicity and it's just overall catchiness. And those first chords just grab oh, you, you know? Yeah. It brings the energy right out of the box. You know, and this is another, you know, like a lot of the songs we cover, this is one of those songs that just multi-generations know this song. This song will probably always be around in some form. You know, you can't watch a sporting event or the Olympics or, you know, anything or even um, what's his, Newt Gingrich's uh, election campaign without hearing this song. <laughs> Remember that when he, he used the song and he actually got in trouble for doing it. I hope he, that we would never have to mention New Gingrich on the podcast. <laughs> It'll be the last, it's first and last okay, time. Good. Anyway, I have apologies to any of Newt Gingrich's followers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I certainly don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> anyway, I Have the Tiger by Survivor was released in uh, May 29th of 1982. And I found uh, this quote that says, Eye of the Tiger is the ultimate underdog story and one of the greatest rock songs of all time. Wow. Who said that? Me. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm glad you fell for my trap. <laughs> and it's true. It is an ultimate underdog story if you listen to the lyrics. You know, you it's, a, it's a great song. but It's number two on Rolling Stones. Yeah, it's number 500. two. Is it? Ri no, it's not. No. I didn't even look to see. What yeah, see, now you fell for it. <laughs> Psych. I didn't even look to see where it lists. It was number two in 1982, overall oh. in 1982. Be, uh, on the Billboard? Yeah, on the billboard um, behind uh, Olivia Newton-John's physical, which I'll, I'll be covering next. <laughs> um, anyway. As long as somebody's covering Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> Especially these days. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this song was amazingly popular. It gained tremendous MTV and radio airplay and topped charts worldwide during 1982. In the United States alone, it held the number one spot on Billboard's Hot 100 chart for six consecutive weeks. Like I said, it was um, the number number two single overall of 1982. It was certified platinum in August 1982, signifying sales of two million two million vinyl copies alone, and the salt the song has sold over three million in digital downloads uh, in the states alone since 2012. That's, that's impressive. A lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Three million digital downloads. It was voted VH1's 63. You know why that is, though, don't you? Why? It's because all of the drill teams that use it for the parades. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's not that really people are downloading it because they want to listen to it. 
Well, I, you know, I, and I did a little research on this because it, it, you know, it continues to say that it was voted the 63rd greatest hard rock song. You know, that's VH1, so oh, I'll yeah. take it okay. as you will. But I'm not sure if it really fits into the hard rock genre necessarily. But anyway, borderline, 60, borderline, maybe. Um, and with its combined sales of original vinyl release and the digital downloads, total over nine million copies. Hmm making Eye of the Tiger one of the best-selling singles of all time. Wow. Now, that's according to VH1, and I looked it up, kind of followed their their links to see what, you know, what they mean. And it, greatest singles of all time, meaning make in the top 50. You know, with 9 million, it's nowhere close to some other oh, yeah, some yeah. other bands and, and stuff. But that's still, still a lot. Respectable. Very respectable. The interesting thing about this was that Survivor was actually handpicked by Sylvester Stallone to write the song for Rocky Three after he heard their minor hit in 1981 called Poor Man's Son. Um, and Stone Alone actually had a lot of influence in the, the organization and the, I wouldn't say the writing, but he had some influence of what this, he wanted the song to sound no like. No kidding. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, Tony Scotty was the president of Survivor's record label, and he played Sylvester Stallone some tracks from the previous uh, Survivor album. And Stallone thought they, the sound and the writing could appeal and fit into the, his new movie. So he called uh, the two writers of the song, Jim Pederick and Frankie Sullivan, who were Survivor's primary songwriters, and left messages on their answering machines. <laughs> so um, Pederick actually said, he goes, you know, answering machines were still something of a, of a novelty back then. And to see the blinking light on the answering machine, he was really excited to go listen to the message that was on there. And he, and he pushed the playback button and he heard this, hey, yo, Jim, that's a nice message you got there. Uh, this is Sylvester Stallone. And that's probably a terrible impersonation. But All celebrity voices impersonated. <laughs> he goes, it was too thick to really be him, but it was him, you know, and, and that's the way he talks. And uh, Sylvester Stallone told the songwriting band members uh, that he wanted something with a strong beat and that would appeal to the rock crowd. Now, if you think about the first song from the first Rocky movie, you know, the really, I think it's really cheesy that we're going to fly now. How's yeah. it go? Oh, it's just really bad compared to what they continued with in the later Rocky movies when he wanted a more hard rockin' driven sound. So what he got, you know, what he got after talking to them is just one of the most effective and popular soundtrack hits of all time as Eye of the Tiger raced to number one in the pop charts. Um, so Jim Pederick said of the origin of the song, when we got the initial rough cut of the movie, the scene appears with Another One Bites the Dust in the place of where their song was going to be. Because that's what Sylvester Stallone actually wanted to use. So huh. they, they called up Sylvester Stallone and said, this is amazing. This is great. How come you didn't use this song? And he said, I, I just couldn't get the rights. Oh, really? So, you know, looking back, I actually watched the movie recently just to, to see that scene. I, I can't imagine that song in that scene. But, you know, they just threw it in. But according to Survivor, it fit in perfectly. And it was just a <laughs> great fit for the movie. But they decided to write their own song, you know, so they couldn't get the rights. And um, It was interesting to me that Sylvester Stallone didn't get his brother, Frank Stallone, to write more of the music for uh, Rocky Three. He's I've never heard of Frank Stallone. Oh, yeah. Frank Stallone is, is not a bad musician. In fact, he, he off the top of my head, I don't know the, the song, but he had kind of a minor hit about the same time. And he wrote the end song, I think, and sang the end song at the end of First Blood, the original. Oh, the not. first... Not like yeah. Rambo. Rambo, yeah, right, right. First Blood. Right? Yeah. He sang the song at the yeah, end? Yeah, he did. He sang it and wrote it. I'll have to look that wow. up. Yeah. Talented family, I suppose. And, and I don't know, uh, Sylvester Stallone actually wrote 
the script or a lot of the script in the Rocky movies too. He wrote all of them and he directed three. Yeah. I don't know. He probably directed all of them. I don't, after was he the three. primary writer in all of them though? I mean, I imagine. Yeah, you don't know the story behind Rocky? No. Okay, so Sylvester Stallone writes the screenplay Rocky. Mm-hmm. And he floats it around and no one will will take it because they didn't want him to he was unknown. They didn't want him to play the role. And he finally just said, "Okay, this is a package deal. If you're going to make my movie, you know, you have to um you have to have me in the, in the role. And so um, he originally uh, wanted to direct it as well. Oh, really? Uh, ended up Erwin Ir- Winkler directed the first one and directed the second one. But by the time they got the third one, I'm pretty sure that Sylvester Stallone was directing all of them after that. Hmm. But he wrote them all. It's his character. It's completely, completely his original idea. Yeah, the whole Eye of the Tiger. I mean, they, that was, you know, his dog. All the dialogue was, you know, stuff that he, he would say. So that's why they they decided, they decided to go with, you know, let's take the Eye of the Tiger, which he says there in the ring, and build a song around Eye of the Tiger. I think they did a few too many of those Rocky movies. He should have quit there? while he was ahead. Well, there was six. There was the first three I liked the fourth good. one. The, oh, yeah. The fourth one was great. That's not, the Russian with the Russian? Not. I didn't Wait. Like, I didn't like it. The fourth either. one was terrible. Was that with the Russian? Yeah. Oh, I I liked that one. That explains a lot. It does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fourth one was terrible. I, you know what? I've never seen the fifth one. Um, the fifth one, I don't even think he was a boxer. Apparently, in the fifth one, he had brain damage, and so he was a coach, like, like or coach. Uh, that's the one that's just called Rocky Balboa, right? No. That ro- was Rocky Five, and that's the one where oh, he, no. that's the one where he um, trains with Tommy Gunn, and instead of, instead of, I think the the final fight isn't really them having a boxing match. They're having a fist fight outside in the alley or something. Huh. And then and then there was that Rocky Six, which actually was not a bad movie, but it was just a stupid premise. I mean, Rocky's like sixty years old and takes on the world champion and almost beats him. Right. Yeah. But it actually the most of the movie was pretty good. It was kind of a heartfelt kind of more like the original movies until it got to the scenes where the guy would have killed him. I think I really liked four because of the Russian, the bad guy, and it was so good. Anyway, when they recorded the song too, so they had the the film was done, so they were actually able to go in and put beats and hits and stuff to actual hits in the movie. It kind of scored it to the actual scene that had already been filmed. Mm. So that's that's, you know when you watch it, it really fits perfectly and kind of like Dark Side of the Moon with uh, Wizard of Oz. Oh, exactly. And they said the whole song took took shape in just three days. So they they you know wrote it pretty quickly. And Sylvester Stallone just loved the song. He said when he heard the demo, he told the group it was exactly what he was, what he was looking for, but requested a mix with louder drums, and asked if they could write a fourth verse instead of repeating the first as they had done. And the group did what Stallone suggested because that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and they went about modifying the first verse and remixing the song. You know, it's not normal that an actor will go in and, and suggest you know, the creativity of a song, but Stallone knew what he was doing. And Jim Pederick said, Stallone has a good ear for me, for a hook. Just listen to his dialogue. He wrote those scripts. He came up with the eye of the tiger for that script and took phrases like, I'm going to knock you into tomorrow. All that stuff that Stallone is, is known for. And the songs are nothing more than dialogue set to music as far as he's concerned. So a survivor considered sort of a one hit wonder band. No. So th- this was their first, you know, big hit, but they did have a, a run of six more top 40 hits after this Wow! within four years, including the number two hit Burning Heart in 1985 from actually the Rocky Four soundtrack. Can you sing that? I don't know that one. Burning Heart. 
I listened to some. Must have been a real hit then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was number two. Yeah. Maybe 1985 was a really bad year for music. I don't know. But um, that was also, like I said, that was from the Rocky Four soundtrack. They won a Grammy for Best Rock Performance by a duo or group. It was also nominated for an Oscar, the song was. That makes sense. Yeah. Did it win? Nope. What won? Physical by Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, 1982. Uh, I bet you 20 bucks if we Googled it, it's uh, uh, Arthur's theme from Christopher Cross. I don't know. Once in your life, you'll find her. Oh, yeah. We cross town and na 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 Christopher Cross is kind of a guilty pleasure, just so you know. Really? <laughs> yeah, I like Christopher Cross. He's kind of in that Jeff Roll Tall category for me. Yeah. Kind there of forgettable. <laughs> yeah. He's got one or two that are okay. Sailing. Sailing's a good song. Oh, Sailing is a good song. Well, and Arthur's theme is a good song. I, You know, it's just kind of a – there was a lot of good movie themes from that time. Oh, yeah. You know, Arthur's theme and uh, Woman in Red. Um I'm All Right for Caddyshack, Kenny Loggins, Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Yeah. In fact, Kenny Loggins was the, the movie song king with mm, – what's, right. what's the one from Top Gun and – Danger Zone. Yeah, Welcome Danger to Zone. Pooh Corner. Yeah, Welcome to Pooh Corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's interesting to think about how how common this song is too, like I said, in, in sports and television. Um he, uh, I found an article that uh, Pitterick was talking about how this song, the licensing rights, what he makes for it. And he says he, he can make quarter of a million dollars for an advertising campaign for that for that song alone. Wow. In, in a movie usage, they get up to up to $100,000. Still? Yeah, still. Wow. For television, $15,000. Well, between fifteen dollars and $25,000. That's right. pretty amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. So whatever you do. Don't sing portions of the song during this podcast. <laughs> oh, and I was going to mention, too, that the song is actually listed in fourth place on the Billboard charts, um, 1980s, end of the decade, you know, best songs of the decade of the 80s. It's number four. That's so odd to me. Really? Yeah. I, okay. Again, like I say, I, I will willingly admit it's on my iPod. Okay. And... I would I would never change it if it came on the radio. But if you ask me what I thought about this song, the first word that would come to my mind would be cheesy. And yet, yeah. I I'll sing along with it every time I hear it. Yeah, and just this morning, taking my son to his basketball game. You know, that's what we crank yep. up on the way to his basketball game to get pumped. <laughs> to get pumped, he loves it. I love it. I mean, and Th this song really, really is the um, parallel of all of the Rocky movies. You just want to mock them, but you can't turn away. You know yeah. all of them, even even that horrible Rocky Four. You got to find out how he's going to, you know, kick the Russians' bud. Yeah, three was good because I liked uh, Mr. Yeah. T. And three it. was good. Yeah, three was the first time though that the movies, in my mind, went sort of commercial. That's when Sylvester Stallone sort of sold out because by three he'd had a facelift, and oh, really? of course that sort of paralleled the story, which is you know he'd come from a poor background and. By the time he was, you know, Rocky and Rocky Three, he was a famous, you know, world champion boxer, and so you kind of overlooked the fact that the actor had, you know, gotten a facelift and he was rich, and it sort of 
sort of mirrored his Sylvester Stallone's own life. It's really the story of his life in a way. Oh yeah, I, I just I never really watching these movies as a kid. I didn't really know much about the Sylvester Stallone the person. So yeah, that didn't really influence me. But yeah, if you watch the original Rocky again, Sylvester Stallone is just kind of a clunky, kind of homely guy, you know. Yeah. And then by you know Rocky three, he'd had plastic surgery and he looked different and he was. You know, even even he looked like a real boxer in the first movie. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't buff, but he was a big guy, and and he looked like a, a natural boxer. And then, you know, by Rocky three, he was this. Obviously, he'd been lifting weights and looked like a bodybuilder. And... Well, when Jim Pederick was asked why he thought this song was so su- successful, he goes, "Well, I guess if you want to analyze it." It would be an unbelievable, powerful beat, which is so simple and primal. It's the reason marching bands still make formations to it. It's very simple. Then you have the term Eye of the Tiger and the tiger imagery. It's a great image. It's a ferocious image. Then you have the very simple melody. I guess it's simplicity with a message people can relate to. It's all of those things. The whole package. Yep. Fantastic. A pity to fool that don't like this song. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All celebrity impersonations are impersonated. impersonated. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen to a clip from the song on iTunes by clicking on the album link on the Rocktail Hour website. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong, if you have an interesting rock tale of your own, or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for Rocktail Hour. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and rate us on iTunes. And until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on. Rock on.